welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. I don't need to tell you that the United States is in some trouble, and New York in particular. I'm looking at the headlines from today's New York Post, or a recent New York Post, and just the headlines. Most of it deals with the immigration problem, the illegal immigration problem. Migrant families flooding into New York City schools ahead of the school year. That's one headline. Female migrant accused of slapping a UWS cop over illegal bikes is freed without bail. Welcome to America, reads another one. Migrant arrested six times for 14 crimes in two months in New York City. 41 people arrested at New York City's Migrant Roosevelt Hotel since May, most for domestic violence. A socialist lawmaker, one of many here in New York State, offers her Queens district for migrants, then goes silent. And we see a lot of that. A lot of these liberals, these lawmakers, oh, we need to be open. We need to open our borders up and our homes up. But they don't open their homes up, as we found out when uh, the, the governors of Texas and Florida sent the migrants to, uh, to Martha's Vineyard. The liberals had a conniption. They talk a good battle, but they don't back it up. Send them to, to, to Martha's Vineyard. Send them to Chicago. Send them to Los Angeles, where these liberal lawmakers say we need to open up our homes and our, our borders uh, with open arms. Well, okay, well then back up what you say. They're a bunch of they're phonies. Let's see, here's another one. Migrant services company DocGo, subject of a New York probe, they're seeking $4 billion in federal contracts, this, this outfit in New York City. The influx of illegal immigrants has led to a cottage industry. Governor Murphy in New Jersey says New Jersey can't handle more migrants. How about this one? A bruised apple. This is all from the New York Post. Assaults skyrocket in New York City, according to police data. Violent criminal randomly shoves a 66-year-old New York City violinist, breaking her wrist and potentially derailing her career. Governor Pataki, ex-Governor Pataki, ripping Biden for com commemorating 9-11 in Alaska. Why would he do it in Alaska, not New York City? Because he's a moron. And on it goes. I love this one. A Mex Mexican parents burning textbooks infected with a virus of communism. Their fiery protest against this gender ideology. And they're right. It's communism. It's a, it's a cultural Marxism that's pervading our schools. They're not having it in Mexico. Mexican parents say that's not happening here. But they bring this crap to our schools in America. And specifically in New York City. And the reason I'm reading all these headlines, a lot of it is centers around New York City, but don't think it begins and ends there. All this stuff happening in New York City will be happening to a town or village or city near you. It's bound to. There's so many others I don't have time to get to. And of course, they're after Trump every and every day in every way. And, you know, it's helping them in the polls anyway. But the, the game is they're trying to keep Trump off the ballot. They don't want him to run because they know he'll win. And they're going to get, and he, when he, when he does win, and I, I believe he will. I know the polls say it's tight. It's a virtual dead heat between him and Biden, but he'll win again. And when he does, he's going to go after the people going after him. But these people going after Biden are going after Trump. When Trump gets elected, when he gets reelected, he's going to go after them and he's going to clear out all this mess in the DOJ and the FBI and the deep state. And they know it. This is war. And who's ever second best is in trouble. So Trump's all in. We need to be all in for him because really there's nobody else. I mean, I like DeSantis and I like the rest of this couple of the others, but 
Everybody knows that it's Trump this time around here. Even the people running, even uh, Ramaswamy and Pence, well, maybe not Pence. Pence and, and, and Christie are nowhere in the polls. There was a poll out this weekend from, I think it was the Wall Street Journal. Christie had the worst favorability rating of all the candidates in the Republican primary field. Pence, no, not much better. They've come after Trump and they, they're paying a price. The Wall Street Journal survey conducted recently found 63% of Republican primary voters view Pence unfavorably. 36% see him very unfavorably. Now, in 2012, Pence was the darling of conservatives. I thought he'd be a great choice to run against Obama in 2012, but the party establishment picked Romney. As you know, that's why the establishment is hated by the, by the base. Meanwhile, only 30% hold a positive for a net favorability rating of minus 33 percentage points. That's for Pence. Meanwhile, Christie's doing even worse among primary voters. Negative 55-point favorability, 73% disapprove of him, 18% view his record positively. Only 18%. Former President Trump, huge lead, 52-point uh, favorability rating. A whopping three in four GOP voters, primary voters, uh, view him in a positive light. Only 20% did not. Those are the Mitt Romneys of the world. I mean, even in the wake of these, these indictments, which are just ridiculous, and some of his associates are being indicted as well, they're not worth the paper they're printed on. Trump's been accused of trying to subvert the 2020 election results, and they're you know saying he played a key role in the Capitol breach on January 6th of 2021. You know who's trying to subvert the election in 2024? Joe Biden and his team, the Democrats, and their friends in the media. They're the ones trying to subvert the 2024 election. It's not going to happen this time. They're not going to steal it this time. Let me tell you, they think January 6th was tough. If they try to steal the 2024 election and they succeed, January 6th will look like a walk in the park. That's just a prediction. Meanwhile, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has a strong favorability rating among primary voters. He's at plus 46 points. Overall, 70% of primary voters like him. 24% had a negative view of him. It's, it's basically, it's a one-man race. It's Trump. And far in the distance, in second, is, uh, is DeSantis. And then, you know, I guess Vivek Ramaswamy is in third. But these people are running for either vice president or for a cabinet position. That's, that's all there is to it. There are a couple of Republicans with, with some guts. Nobody in the establishment, but MTG has guts. You know, Jim Jordan, a few of the others. There's this guy in the House. He's a Tennessee Republican, Randy Ogles. He told Newsmax Monday that it's go time to start impeachment proceedings against Biden and others. This is his quote. He said during Newsline Monday, I think as on the Republican side, we've got to be ready and I think it's go time. I mean, I don't know why we have to drag this out. What's there to drag out? I mean, they impeached Trump twice, these people. On indictments, I guess, as I said, they weren't worth the paper they're written on. Let's get, let's get down to business here and impeach Biden. Although uh, Ogles drafted articles of impeachment against Biden back in June for weaponizing the presidency and during his tenure as vice president for shielding the business and influence peddling schemes of his family from congressional oversight and public accountability. And that's a quote from Ogles. He said House Speaker McCarthy wants to begin an impeachment inquiry to investigate the allegations. When, Mr. Speaker, when? Never. 
He's trying to run out the clock because he doesn't have the guts. He's afraid it's going to come back to bite him politically. So what? What if it does? Do the right thing and impeach Biden because he's, he's got a number of impeachable offenses, as we've known for some time. He and his family, at least nine family members, are on the take from one from one Romanian guy, some shady Romanian character from the Ukraine, from China. They know it. Let's, let's get down to business and, and impeach this guy. But it's not going to happen. You have one or two people in the House who want to impeach. Nobody, I don't know of anybody in the Senate who's talking about it. They're afraid. They got no guts. Democrats, they stay together. They vote together, but not the Republicans because they just have this, they always have one foot in the bucket, to use a baseball analogy. I'm, I'm tired of it. Biden's got to go. He has got to go. He's killing the country. But I mean, what are we going to do about that here in upstate New York? I mean, you have to just, you, you have to plug away. You have to keep doing what you do and stay informed. And, you know, people go to work every day and pay their bills and uh, the rest of this stuff. I mean, you, we have really little influence over. I got a Fauci story here. He's flip-flopping once again on the unmasking because COVID is starting to, you know, creep up again. It's We're heading towards the fall. It's, you know, it's something that's going to be happening every fall and winter, like like the flu, like a, the common cold. You got to take precautions. We're not going to mask up. We're not going to be forced to mask up. That's my prediction. I mean, we've tried that. It, it doesn't work. And the, and the elites who think they own us, they tried it a couple of years ago. And it, it just, it, it, we've been through that already. And I think it's going to, it's not going to happen again. But Fauci over the weekend, flip-flopping again unmasking as a way to tamp down COVID-19. And he admitted a wide-ranging study found that face masks made no difference in the course of the pandemic. I listened to the quote. I, I, I can't even listen to his voice. And I wouldn't want you to listen to it as well. He told CNN's Michael Smirkanish over the weekend in a segment flagging a rise in COVID cases nationwide. It, it is on the increase and it will be as we get into the colder weather. I'm concerned people will not abide by recommendations. Well, they probably won't, a large majority of them. Federal agencies, state and local governments decreed these mask mandates for airplanes and schools and public transit and restaurants, workplaces, and other places beginning in 2020. And the reason they did is because of Fauci, largely. He was the face of the nation's official COVID response. He was. I don't think he is any longer, but he was the White House's chief medical advisor and he gave conflicting advice on the efficacy of, of masking. First, he said it was unnecessary for the general public. Then that universal wearing of masks is the most practical way to go. I mean, he, you know, you can, I can, I heard some of the interview we did Saturday with, with Smirkanish. He's flip-flopping again. As recently as May, the former director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, that would be Fauci, said that unvaccinated children still should mask up when playing with friends. Why? They are in the age group least at risk, young children. Why make them go through it? And you know they're going to have your kids mask up at school in the fall or in the winter as we get closer to the, the colder weather. I'm, I'm just waiting for the, the shoe to drop in our local school district. I'm going to fight it. I know the state will probably mandate it, it won't be a suggestion or a recommendation. They will mandate it. And the teachers, you know, because they're scared. Most teachers are Democrats. Most administrators are Democrats. And we know the New York state government is just populated by liberal Democrats. They're afraid of everything. They're afraid of COVID. 
as I've talked about, I wrote a column about this a week ago. They're afraid of climate change. They're just afraid of everything, their own shadow. They're afraid of Trump. So just get ready for a school near you. I'm sure your local district will have you mask up your children if you're listening to this. In February, there was a major study from the Cochrane Library. It found that wearing masks was pointless. Tom Jefferson, the study's lead author, said in February there's still no evidence that masks are effective during a pandemic. There is just no evidence. They make any difference. That's a quote. So then Smirkanish read the quotes to Fauci Saturday and Fauci backtracked. He said, when you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the, the data are less strong, he admitted. So, I mean, it's up to you. If you want to wear masks, that's fine. Nobody's saying you shouldn't. I'm not going to advise people not to wear them. If you have a pre-existing condition, if you're afraid, then it should be a choice. Then if you choose to mask up, you know, do it. Do it. You know, there, I, want, I want to get back to something I started with, the, the, the headlines in a recent New York Post. These Mexican parents are not having any of this communism that's uh, infecting our schools. This uh, the gender ideology nonsense. The fact that some people think there are, you know, two dozen genders and 40 genders. I mean, there are two genders, two, male, female. That's it. It's not a condition of culture or, or uh, societal factors or any other reason. There are two genders. And Christian groups in Mexico, and that's the operative word, they're Christian. They've taken to the streets, and I've, I've seen some of these protests. They're protesting their Department of Education. One group burned books that they believed were laced with Marxist communist indoctrination. That's a quote from them. I'm reading a piece here from uh, Hannah Grossman in Fox News, uh, from Fox News. Parents in Mexico from Christian organizations have taken to the streets by the thousands to oppose these new textbooks from the Ministry of Public Education that they deem to contain sexual and gender ideology content. That's according to Mexico Daily News, or Mexico News Daily. At least 12,000 people were in attendance. Parents are also burning books in question in Chiapas, a southern Mexican state bordering Guatemala. Many of the residents of the town are evangelical Christians. I'm not saying we should burn books. Heaven forbid. Liberals are, are good at doing that. I think every parent has a right to decide what their children are learning. Public schools, are, I don't care what schools they are, obviously private schools or if you're homeschooling, but public schools as well. Parents have a right. If you don't like what your children are learning, by all means, go to your local school board meetings. They're, they, they're monthly and voice your concerns. And if the, the things don't change, then I would advise that you pull your kids out of your public school and homeschool them, as my wife and I did. Because this, what's happening here, and you know, these Mexican, uh, these Christians are right to call it Marxism or communism, because that's exactly what it is. Nobody wants to use those words here because, you know, it, it, people would think, oh, you're, you're, a, you're a reactionary. You're a right-wing wacko. You're a John Bircher. Let me tell you, I've been studying this stuff for 35, 40 years, and they're not too far off when they say it's Marxism. I wish we had more time. Thank you very much. It was a quick 17 minutes, folks, for tuning us in. If uh, you want to check out the fine podcasters we have on our on our website here, the BMG Network, check them out. Go to the bmgnetwork.com and you'll uh, you'll see our shows up there. My my program, which airs weekly on Wednesdays, the Pac-Man with me, Ted Flint. We also have uh, 
my daughter, Madeline. I got to I got to brag on my daughter because she's fantastic. She has a new a new podcast up there called The Essentials with Maddie Flint and some of the other fine broadcasters. Check them out as well. You want to contact me directly? It's Pacman P A C M A N at the BMG Network. Dot com all lowercase don't forget hit like hit subscribe and hit share with your friends on facebook and we're going to do it again real soon thanks for tuning us in if the lord wills it we will talk to you soon the pac-man podcast was produced and edited in the bmg studio music by kevin mcleod for more episodes of the pac-man podcast go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the bmg network on facebook And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.